So welcome to On the Nose. That part is always really awkward when I do it. It feels weird. And this is my friend and one of my favorite TikTok creators, Tempted Clown. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> and that, good. I love your makeup and the glowy. I never used this thing before. Oh, I love the dinosaur. That's so cute. <laughs> Green is my favorite and dinosaurs are my favorite. <laughs> awesome. When... Huh? Oh, how long did it take you to do your makeup? Um, you know, it, it usually takes me two hours. If I'm really spacey, it'll take me three hours. But I got done in like an hour and a half today. So um, uh, I got to record some shenanigans before we came in here. It's cool. Awesome. I put your button. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I was just going to comment that and be like, wow, those look really familiar. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's too weird. They look really cute. I, um, I, I, I was using the same colors coincidentally. And um, yeah, I know. Like, I I love buttons. I I, I really yeah. should um. I should cover one of my crowns that's garbage that the stuff's falling out of it because I only have the cheapest garbage and just cover those in buttons. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be. I did. Um, I made a really big uh, resin button and I put tiny little buttons in it, so it's like a meta button. I it's saw cool. that. It's like a grotesque mad cow of buttons, right? Like. <laughs> yeah, grotesque mad cow buttons. Yeah, it's not exactly cute, and then like, but it is kind of cute just because it's so many buttons. Yeah, well, if you're a buttons person, it's perfect. And you know, like, I love to put buttons yeah. on things because I hate to wear clothes with buttons. It's like that one time where I just no, no, it's horrifying. I gotta like keep track of them, and I'd be like, which ones are still shut? Hate it. <laughs> yeah. Especially like button up tops and then like you have to make sure to do it so that it's lined up and yeah, <laughs> not. I'm like, yeah, almost nothing I wear has buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the buttons are just for looking at. Like, uh, yeah. Well, you know, what? I, I like to like to be a very like function forward person. So even though everything I have is very silly, it's got to work first. And just for me, buttons are just, yeah, there's not something that works. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. I see. I have a friend that is <laughs> hiya. When a, one of my friends has gotten like I don't know, like six or seven of the buttons, like all different colors, <laughs> and then she <laughs> clips them to her bag, and and so that they match like whatever she's wearing for the day, which I think is a really cool idea. <laughs> Neat. I love it. I yeah, I would never have thought to do that. I I like. I actually didn't understand how hair clips worked because I've always had short hair. And so when I started making hair clips, I thought they were like defective because at the time I, I did actually have long hair um, and I tried to put them in like to hold my hair and it wouldn't. And I didn't know that you're supposed to just put it in just enough to kind of be ornamental, that it's yeah, not particularly barely... functional. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I like to, the, the, I hate that that's how that works. So I like to get like some substantial clips that are just function and then just glue stuff to it. I glued a bunch of plastic yeah. candies and feathers on there like a jerk. Yeah, because the, the the cute ones, yeah, they're not for anything. Yeah, I actually thought about looking into some hardier ones for the buttons and see if I could like get some more functional because I'm going to try to grow my hair out again if if my scalp will let me. <laughs> um, 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 so should I talk to people about this thing right here? It's totally, you could talk about whatever you want. And if, if it 
helps to talk about it or does it or whatever, I'm like, I'm here for oh, it. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I, you know what? I'm chatty about it. That's like, and that's super nuts. But like, hi, you guys. Okay, so I have terminal cancer and going through kind of a rough patch because um, I have peritoneal mesothelioma. So you guys hear all the mesothelioma, lots of commercials, blah, 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 your lungs. But um, every once in a while, when you really hit the jackpot, right, uh, it, it it sets up in your abdominal wall instead of your lungs. And for me, it says it took like six years for a diagnosis. That sucker, I just sprayed buckshot all over all of my organs. Blah, blah, blah. And um, I was doing okay for a little while because the treatments were going okay. They didn't help, but they were going okay to where it was at least uh, lessening the uh, severity of the symptoms so that I could still have some fun. And uh, just recently, I left field. They want to attack the lungs in a way they haven't before. And uh, <laughs> so now I have to constantly be on oxygen. So it's not like some weird joke or it's not like a clown thing. And there's like a racket right here because I have to be next to this oxygen compressor. But uh, I thought we'd just get that out there right now. I'm your very sick friend. And I... I, I, I again, <laughs> We, we got to really be friends. But people that are really my friends, you know, I tell them, <laughs> if things are really rough and you have to make excuses to somebody, tell them your friend's dying of cancer because that's true now. It's <laughs> 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 very, very nice of you. Yeah. Give, give, keep a, give them like a, a, was that like a sick note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, literally. Here, I'm like officially bestowing them onto you. Here you go. <laughs> 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 so it took you six years to get a diagnosis and that was because you're having to jump through all the hoops of doctors just not doing their job or well, I, I, I initially i just had like severe like stabbing kind of pains in my stomach and i went into the er and i'm like my stomach hurts really bad and they're like yeah you're stressed get out and i come back and i'm like it never stopped i'm like then stop being stressed. Get out. And, <laughs> and at one point, it started to swell. And now I know that it's tumors and various fluids. But they're like, well, yeah, of course, your abdomen's bigger. You gained weight. Don't gain weight. What are you, crazy? And then I was just like, yeah, that, it, it just kept uh, building with just excuses to not give me a full examination. And um, it was years of that. And you start to hear like, Okay, here's 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 just a hard part with me is um hey people will ask right out of the gates, do you have any history of mental health issues? And I say yes 100% of the time because that's true. And then they want to not hear your symptoms because they're like, I don't know if there's some kind of hysteria. And I try to or they'll say something because I'm ridiculous and I have all the crazy colors in my hair. You know, like, are you a person who likes a lot of attention? Like, yes, I am. That has nothing with lying. <laughs> like, I get, I try to earn that attention by trying to be fun to be around or uh, talented in like various what's it's. I, I, I wanted to be positive attention. I actually very much don't want to be at the ER. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, b between between my weights going up at the time and uh. Um, me already having mental health issues and me just like being assigned female at birth because that was one. Oh, and it was a female doctor too. Shame on her. She's like, when's the last time you had a date? 
You know, like, I think you just need to meet the right guy. You just go home and sit in the tub and <laughs> eat some ice cream and you'll realize that you're actually fine. And um, it was actually so many years of that. And I went to different places, like I dragged into different ERs. So I was visibly not well. I think I had a series of strokes partway through. Uh, so I lost the ability to feed myself, to walk, to speak. I'm still like stoked that I could write my own name. Yeah. I'm like, look at these signed paperwork. That it's like I could always <laughs> do it, even though I couldn't. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, uh, if you don't mind me going into it, uh, what happened was like, my kids started to die of cancer too. And then the nearest children's hospital is several cities over. Um, it was, it was, I don't know, about six, seven years fighting that with them while I'm going through this mystery thing. And um, they start to get better and have a severe relapse, almost two years um, inpatient at different places, hospitals end up being moved to a bigger and better place where they could get a bone marrow transplant. They were finally had the numbers when their blood worked that it would be okay. And that staff over there at this very fancy fancy place took one look at me and was just like, you're very sick and dying. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. I was making really cool funeral plans and trying to make the best of it. I'm here for my kid for as long as I can. I hope I make it till they're 18 because that would be amazing. And... <laughs> And, um, I don't know, their social worker dragged me into the ER and just left me there in a transport chair. They're probably not supposed to do that, but that's honestly why I'm still here. Like, for real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guard's just like, all right, well, let me just, I don't know, I'm weeping because I've been through ERs all these years and I don't want to do it again. My kid needs me. And the guard's just yeah. like, well, can you at least just let me check your purse? And I'm like, hold it up. And he's like, is your purse a teapot? And I'm like, oh yeah, I did shape like a teapot. Like, that's just like a thing that I did. <laughs> and he, he's like, is there anything <laughs> sharp in it? And I'm just like, it it looks very shiny and pointy, but it's not sharp. And he's like, what is it? And I'm like, there, look, there's a shark in the teapots. And he's like, looking at me like I'm nuts, but he just unzips it. And there's a plus shark about this big with this, this metallic <laughs> looking soft teeth. And, um, yeah. And he like starts to laugh and I don't know, that's just medicine for clowns, you know, they're just like, you know, can I see your ID? And I said, well, since you've already got the thing there, if you look under the shark, there's a briefcase. And if you open up the briefcase and flip through, so you see a picture of weird Al laughing at me, um, my ID is behind that. And he's looking through it. He's like, that's what's in here. I'm like, yeah, I'm an honest person. And he's just like, look at and I'm still crying because I don't want to go in. And he's like, look, my, my buddy's going through a divorce. You know, it's tough for him. Can can you pretend like I didn't go through your stuff so he, so he can go through your stuff? Because they really smile. And I'm like, you know what? I'm getting a few laughs. Let's do this. And like almost immediately <laughs> got diagnosed with cancer and freaked out the doctor because she just, she's like, do you have family nearby? I'm like, no, no. Well, uh, what should I do with it? Can you please just tell me? Because I'm scared that she's trying to kick me out. I got I get kicked out of ERs a lot. I know you're not supposed to yeah. kick out a patient, but they really considered that I wasn't one. They really were so sure I was wasting their time that they didn't 
consider treating me like the, the way that other people got treated. Like right. I was just known as the hypochondriac. And even though I never had a thorough examination <laughs> in years, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> the doctor's just like, and I'm like, just, just give it to me straight. Just say right now and we'll be done with it. Just say it, just say it. And she's like, all right, well, you've got cancer. You just, it, you got so many tours. I don't even know what we can still do for you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, why? And I was like, I don't think you understood. I'm like, no, 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 no. I understood. This is the best news I ever got. Are you kidding me? Or, you know, I had the same reaction when my kid got diagnosed with cancer. And we seem like a bunch of weirdos, but like, and I get it. Like when you get diagnosed out of left field, it hurts really bad. You know, and just like, I'm going to have to go through a hideous ordeal. And that's best case scenario. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, but like with my kid and I, we were at death's door when we were diagnosed. The ordeal had been going on for years. So to find out, like, yeah. we're, we're going to, well, it's not that being diagnosed with cancer was good, but then saying they knew that's what it was meant that they were just going getting to an answer. help us feel less terrible. And I was just, I was so excited. And I, <laughs> like the weirdest medical history. I love but like, well, I, I keep making jokes that me and my kid are the same person. So, um, <laughs> so uh, when that happened, I was just like, my mom was there and I was like, I, oh no, not that. But when I had my first consultation with the oncologist, I was like, I told you that me and my kid were the same person. And said, of course it was cancer. Of course it was cancer. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Which is really unfair. Yeah. I think when you're a single mom alone with your kid all the time, you're the one that taught them how to talk. We we would accidentally speak in unison and we would finish each other's sentences without even thinking like we were twins or something. But like, that's really unfair when they've only had your company until kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Well, my son had more, he had more people around him and we still finish each other's sentences and yep. say that like his, I will, his wife will show me a meme and I will respond to it word for word exactly the same way that my son did when she showed him. So, you know, <laughs> some things are just, it just comes from, I guess, being close, you know, and, and being related and stuff. And I, I feel like a lot of anger for what you went through, you know, like, and I can relate to it because I went through it. It's just that my diagnosis is different. And, um, but I, when I, finally did get a diagnosis it took six or seven years to get something um and that was the first of several diagnoses and then subsequent ones came like over the next couple of years um I did feel that way it was like I wanted to have a party or something because it was like <laughs> all of these years of my body being absolutely batshit crazy um and me laying in bed at night being like do I have cancer am I dying and I can't plan for it because I don't know what's going on and I just want to know so that I know what to do, you know, right. and um, just getting, just getting that answer. I was so angry that it took so long for somebody to listen to me because I also went to the ER a bunch of times and had doctors just basically tell me that it was stress or this or that or, you know, um, but yeah, when I finally got somebody, it's like, okay, cool. But then sometimes I have these like the gaslighting from all those years will come back and get me and it'll be like, oh, I don't really have that. Even though the meds work, 
yeah. I'll still be like, maybe that's not what it is. You no, know? I have days like that all the time. And I'm just like, every, every single time I have a day with less pain and uh, less severe symptoms, I, I just kind of just like, was I ever even sick? Did I just get profoundly lazy for a couple of years? Like, what's the deal? Do I got to apologize to everybody I know? And my kid will just come in <laughs> and just be like, um, mama, this is stupid. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, hey. You know, you know what they do? Like, this is terrible. He's like, I'm not like a big fan or anything, but like Jim Jeffries has a special called This Is Me Now and talks about, uh, well, just it's a comedy special, but also talks about being this mindset from being autistic. And I think that's me too. Or like, um, well, it, he, he makes dinner for his son, his son, and then accidentally get, gets some food poisoning. And his son is like very, very, very sick. And when he goes to check on him, he just goes, I guess this is me now. And he thinks that's ridiculous <laughs> to think that just one random circumstance is just going to get you forever. And then um, later on, he gets sick and ends up realizing he has those same kind of thoughts. And I end up showing that to my kid. And now anytime I'm just beyond overwhelmed or just actually, I, I can be experiencing sensory overload and not realize it. And just go like everything's the worst, and they'll go, oh, oh, so, so this is you now, and I'm like, oh, oh, wait, really? They really, really, yeah. They say like you can't really logic your way out of emotional stuff, but like, I don't know. For me, that it helps immensely when I'm like more self-aware. It's easier to yeah. pick apart my actions and then just kind of like separate them into more productive boxes than I tend to put them in when it just impulse strikes. <laughs> yeah, like that forced pers perspective shift or whatever. Like, I don't have meltdowns super often, but sometimes I just have like, like the accumulation of the right things and I'll start to go into like meltdown. And if I can, <laughs> if I can shift my perspective before I've reached that point, I can actually stop it from happening. You know, it's like I have to go do take a time out and like go curl up in bed in the dark or something. Yeah. But um it it's interesting, but it's something that I had to like learn to do and um just be like, okay, it's not, it's not your nervous system's doing a thing, just you know. But it used to obviously I didn't have that perspective and then, you know, shit would hit the fan because I would be like, <laughs> Well, you know, and it, sometimes it's stuff that's even like different than the cancer because it's a lot of pressure and so maybe our various chronic illnesses will just make you feel nuts because they're so intense and and, and when, when you know it's an intensity that's never going to stop i will always feel this way people are like why are you bummed out you're usually happy and i just like to go well you know the grim specter of death is a terrible roommate whatever but like, <laughs> yeah but yeah with just like chronic health issues you get in this box but like even like smaller things I'll get paranoid about it. Like, it's so, people laugh at me. But like, I'll be like really silly and I think I'll get a few laughs from a room and then I'll go home and I'm just like, did I really though? Did I really though? <laughs> and did anyone ever laugh? Was I funny? <laughs> and that would just eat me alive. And there's like, if the answer is I'm not funny, um, since I'm not a comedian, that that should be just good. And it never is. I'm like, well, <laughs> We got to fix this right now. Like, that's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. The the post-socializing the post social anxiety 
I don't get social anxiety before or during, generally speaking. <laughs> but afterwards, my brain will like run through the, it'd be like, oh, when I said that one thing or I made that one joke, you know, and I'm not always good at reading like body language to know if, well, in part because people are not always honest with their body language, but um, like, you know, did they really like that? Or, you know, and I have to be like, no brain, you can't. You can't control that. Like, you can't, you can't I control, control it. all around the room, especially when I'm the one talking. It's hard for me to focus if I don't. And so I, I usually don't know what expression anyone was making or what any of their body language was. So I'm going off of just audio cues. And then occasionally I'm like, that's, the, that's, the, that's not enough information. Well, you, you should yeah. ask if you made everyone uncomfortable. And I'm like, Asking that all the time makes people uncomfortable. And it's four in the morning. <laughs> like, well, it, it, it I do I do ask. I do ask. It helps to get the reassurance sometimes, but it's true that <laughs> you can't you can't overdo the need for or you can overdo the need for reassurance, I guess. But I like I also like when I'm talking, I look around when the person's talking, I look at their this part rather than the eyes. Um partially because I have um, mid-range hearing loss, so it's really hard for me to hear voices. And so watching the mouth helps me like sort of track the sound. But um, but when I'm talking, I'm like looking all over the place. And I've had people, they like do this to try to make eye contact with me while I'm like looking around, uh-huh. like they're chasing my eyes. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like you don't need to do that. And they're like, okay. You you made therapist like the first couple of times we talked. Like she did that, and I was like, I'm like, is it making you uncomfortable? I'm not looking at you when I'm talking because it makes me uncomfortable if I look at you while I'm talking. It's <laughs> <laughs> really really nice to be like dating another autistic person because I don't think it'll ever come up, and we might not ever notice yeah. if we ever look at each other's eyes. It's delightful, and also I could be. <clears throat> <laughs> I can get as much clarification as I need. And it doesn't get annoying because you both kind of like get that that's the necessary part of life. That's why I like, yeah. like, I like being your friend because everyone's all like, I feel anxious about this. And like, oh, we're good. And like, oh, okay, well, hey, well, yeah. But yeah, the other day I was having a panic attack and I'm like, may I be insecure? And they're like, sure, what's going on? And I'm just like, uh, just, I, uh, I was worried that when you said this, you meant this. And um, I need some clarification. And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. And I'm really glad that you asked so you didn't worry about this. And I'm like, yay, I'm free. <laughs> you yeah. supposed to do all these weird little I love dances with uh, neurotypical people. And I never learned what they were. I mean, like, I've been up to my eyeballs in them. But I guess my pattern recognition isn't good enough uh, to just catch they... enough of them. Honestly... The rules change with every single person and they are so illogical that even it just is, it's like so much energy to be like, well, when they said that thing, they probably didn't mean that thing. And I'm supposed to infer what they actually meant by reading between lines that shouldn't even exist. Like, why do people not just say what they mean? It's so, and it's actually considered polite to not say what you mean, which is, I read read Miss Manners because I find... I read uh, several columns like that, and I find it interesting, like, the way that each one responds because they're all kind of different. But Miss Manners is very, like, prim and proper. <laughs> and, like, I don't, 
I, I agree with her for certain things. And then when any when honesty comes into play, I do not ever agree with her because she doesn't sway towards being honest. She sways towards being polite. Um, and that creates future communication issues if you weren't clear to begin with. Well, and, and it's you know. like considered rude for you not to guess what everyone secretly means, but then it's just as rude if you guess wrong, even though the people around <laughs> that are waiting on your guess know that it's unlikely to be accurate. And I'm like, why isn't that rude? <laughs> yeah, it is. To me, it's rude. I get a, I get like annoyed and I'm like, oh, and if I recognize that that's the way somebody communicates, I stop talking to them because I don't want it. I don't like it. I, 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 yeah, people that rob me of my peace, it's difficult for me to keep them around. Yeah. Like, uh, oh my goodness. Okay, so there's this uh, series of kids books and it was like, a, I don't know, like Divergent or something like that. And um, they're, they're, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be awful at this. But yeah, they're just like, you know, in some dystopian future, each each person, they're like, they have like a main personality trait and they're sectioned off into factions based on their personality trait. There's like five of them. And a rare person will have multiple traits and they'll have to pick one. But the rarest of people have like a full personality kind of encompassing all the things somebody could be. And those are like, deviant we can't have those there's a prophecy because you know dystopian uh, futures and whatnot but um there's like a test in the back and my kid was interested in the reading the books and, and the kid's like oh, i'm divergent and my mom was like i'm divergent too and i'm like oh well i'm very clearly a chaos monster so we just <laughs> find out that that's true about me too uh-uh no there's one that is just the peaceful farmers that just try and keep the peace they even put like antidepressants into the bread to make sure there's always peace and apparently i will sacrifice everything for peace you know whether it's just my own <laughs> personal comforts or it's all just just peace across the board so when i i didn't realize that about myself but when i answered that way across the board i fit into a faction and into this dystopian novel and i'm just like yeah good luck with that horrible future suckers I'm set for life. <laughs> and I could like to point out that that was on their birthday. They're not in here right now. But yeah, I, did, I said that. To, I said that to them on their birthday. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that um, you have such a cool dynamic with with your kid. Like you're my first parent friend that we kind of have that in common, you know, like. Most of my friends waited until more recently to have kids. So they're like 40 and then had a kid. So they still have like little kids. And then they had like totally different lifestyles. Like they have spouses and like support groups or structure and stuff like that. And it's just different when it's you, you know, and and you're like, it's not just you, but you're also like aware of like how fucked up things can be. And so then like you're actively trying to give them something else while combating how fucked up the world is on your own, you, you know? Like, and I yeah, oh, you <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say, and I think that that, like, I think that that creates, like, a special dynamic, you know? <laughs> it's been rough since uh, both of us got sick uh, because it's, it's harder to just goof around all the time, which sucks. But, like, I have to have thoughts now of, like, what kind of adults are they going to need to be 
And what can I do to help that be the case? Uh, because I'm not going to be around for those other parts in their life. And so every once in a while, I just like selectively impart something that I think will be important for them to know going forward, whether it's the world's changing or the family dynamics changing and they don't have all of the family history or just stuff that has been useful, me, skills and whatnot. And like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I forgot where I was going with that. It's, it's intense. That's yeah. Me. But yeah. Uh, so every once in a while, we're having irregular moments and we're going to hit the brakes. Okay. Now, let me describe to you the things and the stuff and the stuff. And did you know that the whatever is, and I'm just going to like, <laughs> pause everything because it's like there's a little bit of urgency to my rambling stories now and yeah it's been very fulfilling but i wish i didn't have to do it i get that's true about just having a kid right like <laughs> i was like telling my yeah. cousin who was burned out i'm like it's so great to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning but it's like every morning i hate it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, the school years were so hard on me because I don't do well with that kind of routine. Really? Like I'm good with routine when it's a routine that I enjoy, but when it's not a routine I enjoy, it's like just torture and the whole school thing and having to get up early and the fact that I don't even like the public school system. And like, it just, oh, it was, I was like, why, why did I do this to myself again? Like it was the hardest part of parenting for me was that, that whole school routine was it like the moms too because like for me a really hard who should have more mom friends like no i met them they're the worst like i know some yeah. people who happen to also have a kid but when people say hello i am a mom i am the mom i am yeah uh those people like uh, like no no offense to anybody listening to this but like i just i just that's just some part of my pattern recognition if somebody defines themselves as a mother before a person or before any other qualities, or even just their name, they usually are very free with complaints about my appearance and my character, um, the, the fact that me being just uh, open and free-spirited is not what's expected of me. I just, it, 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 I, I didn't like, it's like, I am a parent, and this, um, some of my close friends are parents at the time too, but the moms. The moms was like the worst part of school for me. <laughs> yeah. I oh I did I did not fit in. I would show up show up to pick up my son or drop him off from school. I had blue hair. I rode a motorcycle. You know, like, like people be like, Oh, your dad is cool, you know, because they just assume that and uh my son would be like, Sure, okay. And um and and also like when I would meet these other people that had kids, that was their whole life was like working and parenting and they didn't have hobbies. They didn't have like interests and I had nothing in common with them. You know, like I don't like to sit around and talk about TV shows or men or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times I got along better with the dads, but just like only at that social level, like going to the Boy Scouts or whatever, like the dads were a lot nicer to me than the moms were. The moms would like all stare at me. Or when I would go to the park, um, I'd be like the only parent out playing and chasing the kids around and stuff. And the moms would all be like, <laughs> you know. Uh, hey, how did you deal with like uh, with the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy and all that? Because for me. Oh, we didn't do okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I don't want to lie to my kid one time. 
I want them exactly. to have a reason to trust me. So yeah. I didn't bring those things up. You know what happened <laughs> when they got to kindergarten? They came home and they're just like, uh, so apparently there's this guy, Santa Claus, and you never told me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Okay, here's a deal. Here's a deal. I didn't tell you about Santa Claus because I don't think that he's real. Other people do think that, and that's why they're talking about him like he's real. I don't think that's true. And they're like, well, yeah. but it sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm like, okay, let me strike a deal with you. Okay. If you um, acknowledge that this was not my idea, this is not part of what I'm doing, and I have made it very clear I don't believe he exists. If you want to do the Santa Claus tradition of putting some presents out when you're not looking and then you're surprised by them and then you say it's for Santa, we will do that tradition as long as that's fun for you and you know that that's entertainment. And yeah. somebody walked in on this and they're just like, then you sound like you're two lawyers. I'm like, hush your face for doing something. But like, they agreed <laughs> that this was their idea and that I was not kind of implying that these stories are true. So they was just a fun kind of little bit of nonsense. And then we did that for a while. And then they were like, ah, it's not fun anymore. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll keep the Santa Clauses out. Uh, I got some real sparkly ones. And so I got to keep them. But like, it was fun with that stuff. And the tooth fairy, I was just straight up saying no to that because I wanted to keep all the little teeth. And I am a messed up person. I I, I was so worried that I was just such a, well, I just, I, I was afraid that I couldn't be responsible enough and that just something was going to separate us. Like, I couldn't shake that feeling. So I was very, very adamant that I keep your baby teeth as they fall out. Those are for me. I earned them doing all this stuff here. And they're just like, well, why? And I'm just like, and they're like, but I, I, I want to do the tooth fairy thing. And I'm like, when it's under your pillow, it will get lost. And then I won't have it. And I want to have it. And at one point, they're like, why do you do this? And I'm like, look, life is hard and difficult and bad things happen. And if something should happen and you would die, you will be buried. And that's okay. We're a very death-positive family, but they won't take the teeth from me. Even if you are completely gone, I get to have something that was you and that's important to me because I am a very plans ahead kind of person. And when they let that sink in, they're like, oh, okay, mama, never mind. I'm sorry. Here's somebody. And I, this one is list too. And then it was just okay. And I think, I think that was my other problem with the moms is they had this formula set out for a childhood <laughs> before their children were born that their parents got them yeah. that they didn't even like. I, and yeah. I wasn't going to adhere to anything for no reason. Everything that added something good to me gave me a sense of peace. I passed that on, you know, and um, everything that didn't, out of here. I, I don't, I don't have, yeah. I don't have time for no peace. <laughs> yeah, I tried to shape my, what I could do because I was sharing custody with my ex. So I only had so much control, but Universe. like anything that was between us, I tried to shape based on what I knew about him because that made sense to me. And the Christmas stuff, um, when he was a baby, I got these books that were about traditions and other cultures and countries and stuff. 
So at Christmas time, we would read those and we just always had really open dialogues about different ways, many different ways that other people think about stuff and choose to do stuff. Um, and, and I asked him, I was kind of like, don't tell other kids that Santa's not real. Let them have their experience, like, you know, and so he was always really respectful and good about that. And I just like, I wanted him to be educated and I wanted him to learn about things so that as he became an adult, if he chooses to do those things, he can. But I also didn't want to be in a position of um, lying to him because that's just, you know, it wouldn't be fun for me. And I don't feel like, you know, as he got older that it would have been fun for him. And as he did get older and I got to know him, better um absolutely he would have been very unhappy having been lied to like Mm -hmm. so you know because the world is actually amazing just as it is life is amazing just as it is and i was telling i was telling and and i i tried to always frame it that way i don't think that's true i i tried to never go this is untrue because yeah again i don't want to there's lots of other influences in my kid's life you're just like with my extended family and my ex and, and their extended family. And I just wanted this warm, safe place at home. And um, I think for the most part, we got to have that. Except for both of us getting cancer. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, and so yeah. did our pets. We had a pet rat that also got <laughs> cancer. It's like, life is weird. And people were like, I it think is. your house is a death trap. And I'm like, nope. It was three different kinds. It's... I suck when yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. At least with rats, it's super common with them to get cancer. So, that you know, that was so, just a statistical, like... But that was but, such a messed up timing is the rat died while they were in the hospital getting chemo. And it turned out the rat had cancer while my kid was getting chemo while I was waiting on a diagnosis. It was just... Yeah. Oh, it's bleak. It is bleak. Although I did laugh the whole time. It's messed up. You're like... I, I, I it's just a little like it's it's so absurd like people that haven't seen yeah. us in a while and like family and they're like how have you been and um they'll be like you know like oh i'm you know i'm i'm working a lot and uh we think we might take a vacation and that'll be the thing they're like what's going on with you and i'm like oh i'm dying and uh, my kid's dying and our pet died and I spend most of my time sleeping on hospital chairs now. And they're like, and I just, I don't know why I like the little rug pull of that. Cause they're just like, yeah, uh, there's the assumption that not much has happened. And I'm like, oh uh, no, lot, lots has happened. You know, what's messed up is that that's why I started doing the clown stuff even more. Like it's always been important to me, but it really helped lighten the mood in all those different hospital rooms. And to a point where people would think I was a volunteer just being too much like i was in the infusion center at this one place getting around a chemotherapy a very intense one that would have me um in bed for days like this deep deep bone pain and wouldn't be able to move so i i'm 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 geared up for the next uh, week to be terrible but i'm going in there with my clown face and like (laughs) you know just being just being nonsensical and like whatever that i do and this one guy is like, hey, can you show some respect? There are patients in here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. And he's like, well, my wife is sick. And she's getting two more treatments before she'll feel better. So 
this is not a time to uh, act the way you're acting. And I'm like, I have no hope to ever have any relief, let alone get better. I'm going to die young no matter what happens today. And he's like, well, why are you goofing off then? And I always steal this from like grandpa. So I'm still like, you got to do something, Del Bingo. Because like, <laughs> that is the thing. Knowing that about my life, knowing that about my future does not make goofing off less fun, does not make uh, meeting new people less exciting, and does not um, having a, a way to gather up new stories let yeah. the biggest joy of my life. <laughs> yeah. I, f I feel like he was the last, like if she had been like, I don't feel well, could you tone it down? It would have been appropriate. But because he was projecting his own anxieties around what she was going through and then telling you, you're the problem. What, like, what screw you? that guy. Yeah. Like, so, so the cloud stuff, like, when did you get into it? Like, how did you get into it? I honestly, I, uh, this is messed up, but I think, okay, I'd always watch horror movies with my dad and it wasn't particularly good for me. I was a, very young when that started, but I didn't have any other way to, to, I don't know, to prove myself. I wasn't good at any of the valuable type things, you know, and I couldn't do any of the girl stuff. I, I felt very gross and unnatural making my skin crawl and I wasn't a hard worker and I didn't enjoy cleaning and all the different things, but he'd watch some of these movies alone because they'd be too intense. I'm, I'm right there. Hey, what are we doing now? And I would just like, I just steal myself until I could cry and have panic attacks later alone in my room. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, one of the, the first time I actually enjoyed one of the movies was like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And that, <laughs> I don't think that inspired, that, I don't think it inspired me in this part of my brain, but very, I'm very harmless, or at least I'm terrified of how harmless I am and can be. And so I am, I do think potentially the clown stuff might be that I have been in some kind of chronic dissociative event for more than 30 years. And I'm like literally drawing a happier face on top of my real face. I saw those clowns just tear people apart and giggle. And I think it's an extremely frightened and history of abuse and all these things and just being a very peaceful person makes me harmless, makes me a target. I think to just embody the thing that couldn't be killed, to embody the thing that people are afraid of, but also to embody the thing that brings joy and brings peace and can like settle people's nerves or the people around me feel more peaceful when I'm all clowned up, but I feel more resilient and strong. I think that a horror movie planted a seed that just never left. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Like, I remember those movies <laughs> and they were like a lot of fun, but I like, I couldn't even wear like regular ladies makeup. Um, I would get anxious and I would feel like a fraud. It was like a form of lying and it would just stress me out. Plus like the smells and stuff. And then something changed in the last couple years and I tried the clown makeup and I did feel really self-conscious but it was also fun to 
take what I would already be doing because I don't put on a persona. I'm still me when I wear the clown face. It's just that the way that my face looks with the makeup and stuff, like when I make the big expressions or whatever is, um, you know, shows differently with the clown makeup. And I think that's a lot of fun. The interesting part of it is it's become very feminine for me and I'm not a very <laughs> feminine person generally. Um, and for whatever reason, like I feel comfortable expressing femininity with the makeup on, um, with the cloud makeup on specifically. Like, I think like if I was going to wear like, like the one time I wore like ladies makeup was when my son got married <laughs> and I wore like, I wore like a, a, a suit corset top type thing. It was feminine, but also not, you know, but, um, so it's, it's, I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning. I'm still developing this thing that I'm doing and what it means to me now and what it means to me when I look back five years from now or whatever, probably there'll be similarities, but it's probably going to be different. But oh yeah. But it's cool. That was exactly the same here. Like I didn't wear makeup, makeup, like just ever. I, I do was deeply unpleasant. And I, I think like, I, I think people do that to highlight the femininity in your features. And that's not what I was going for. And then some people would do that because they would, and no offense, this is perfectly fine. I mean, look at this, but like, to just draw a little bit of attention to be like, I'm cute. And when I was young, I couldn't think of anything more frightening. I wanted people to notice me less. And I wanted to yeah. tone down the fact that my body was changing in a way that made me feel like I'm in some bizarre Wolfman movie, right? It's like you have this generic yeah. child body and then it wants to get all like ladyish, and uh, I didn't ask for that. I'm not comfortable with it. I, I and and other people were comfortable with it, which made just just made my skin crawl. Like, hey, no, you look cute, and you look you look very you're in, you're you're a young woman now. Whenever you're a young woman now, just like, yeah, so I yeah, yeah. Well, I literally had had the experience of someone being my friend who for like four years and when I turned 18, they tried to do the sex with me. And like, uh, like it was awful because I already like, I dressed like where my breasts didn't show. I wore baseball hats. I did not want that kind of attention. And I did whatever I could to like avoid it because it was so predatory when I did get it. Mm -hmm. And then like somebody I really trusted as soon as I became legally viable you know and it was just it did not help <laughs> like you know it just basically confirmed you know that my body was making people uh into a threat you know yeah is, yeah and i know and i like i've gotten used to it now i'm at home in my body now but i think it took like about 30 years for me to be like all right this is me you know like yeah. That's kind of masculinity I was going for is there all along the surface of this woman. You know, like my voice will pick that up. My personality picks it up. I got that jawline going with the cleft chin. <laughs> <laughs> like the other dads, they wish they had this lantern jaw like your mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just figured, you know what? And I've gotten, I've gotten to a point where I'm okay to be every. Although at this point, yeah. like I still don't wear like the makeup, like like you said, like like lady makeup, 
But for some reason, yeah, overshooting it by a mile like this feels okay. And I don't get any kind of like dysphoric feelings. Yeah, again, like if you pursue yeah. it by a mile, because it doesn't feel like the same experience. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not getting cute for a date. I'm not looking um, feminine for work. I, I, I'm looking crazy. <laughs> You're having fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. And I definitely like, like now when I get compliments on how I look or, or whatever, because I have put those photos out there, it's like, it made me nervous in the beginning and now it's okay. Sometimes I get DMs that make me uncomfortable, but instead of it being an overall discomfort, it's a situational discomfort. And I feel like that's, that's good. But I think it's because I'm now in a situation where I feel like I have control. And when I was younger, I was being constantly put in situations that I would not have had control over in the same, same way. Like, I feel like if I, if I can block people, but I can also just say like, knock it off. And I feel like I will be heard. And if I'm not heard, I can block people, you know, like. <laughs> well, and also it's probably pretty neat because the same thing here is just like, you also feel less vulnerable on some level having a child that is a grown adult that is just tenacious. Because like at some yeah. level it'll be like, hey, back off. Uh, my kid, <laughs> I don't know what to say on this podcast, but like, I have an adult child that is not afraid of getting revenge, all right? So back off. <laughs> right yeah Deep. oh i told i told because you know i rode motorcycles i told my son if i ever got like if i got killed when i was riding Born. and it was because the person was <laughs> negligent like looking at their phone or anything like that i was like you have to ruin their life you have to take them to court and you have to make the point that what they did was immoral and they need to go to jail and you have to fight for it like just get Get like Absolutely. justice, which could be revenge, but also justice. Well, it's funny because I spend half of my time whenever that stuff does come up. I'm like, settle that. No, settle that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, <laughs> I like, know I have to do that. I'm like, I'll stick my child up. You don't care. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even think I need to ask. My son's pretty protective of me when I, I've only dated once since he was four and that was like a couple years ago and when I first started seeing this person my son was just like he met him the very first time he met him he was just full of like and he was all oh that motherfucker and then I was like yeah and then he was just like and then we started laughing you know I love that I have this weird mental block against swearing it's like really hard for me unless I'm quoting something because I, I yeah. was made to be good but part of being good, we were sending messages. So quoting somebody is fine because that was part of the deal. But like, but like, I love that I raised a self-actualized child who will get angry and be okay with that and realize that that's just part of life and will just casually swear. And I think it's just adorable. <laughs> I love over it. Everyone's all be doing the oral, be acting in a ridiculous way. That is the same ridiculous thing I was worried about this morning and last night. And they'll just come in and just be like, you are a dumbass. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh I'm doing the thing. Hey, thank dude. Like, it's like, it's like, it's a, it's an affection thing. And I'm shocked and excited that I got to raise somebody who's, who's that comfortable. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I sometimes I don't know if you have this experience, but sometimes like my son will get mad about something not necessarily related to me, but but he'll text me and like be venting at me about it. And I totally respect what he's saying. And I hear him. I take it absolutely seriously. But at the same time, it is so cute. Like, it's so cute that he's so passionate about this thing that he has finally grown into enough of an adult to, like, run into that situation. A good example of that would be when you buy wood, it'll say that it's 10 by 6 feet, when in actuality it's 9.5 five by 5.5 right because of the shrinkage and instead of they know that the shrinkage is going to be consistent but instead of giving us an accurate number or cutting bigger to allow for it to shrink down to the accurate number they give us an inaccurate number and everybody in the industry just agrees to it and he just recently discovered this (laughs) and his complaints were like exactly like mine his reasoning was exactly like mine and stuff and all it's just like Oh, yeah, look, like, look at you go. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so cool that he's just this fully autonomous, like, just person, you know, and has an impact on the world without me at this point. And I just think it's awesome. Well, I'm like, I'm like such a damaged person that I, I love it extra, you know, because I'll be like, all right, all right, I'm going to talk you through this. And we're going to mellow out and we're going to get through this in a logical and civil way to minimize any damage to you. And we're going to address, it. you know, I try to be that way every single time. And then as soon as they're calm or I'm by myself, I'm just like, oh, I would just love to get that mad about stuff. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always I try to because I grew up like suppressing my emotions. And so. I I have always let him have, like, free reign. I had certain times, like, where I would be like, okay, if you're going to have this kind of reaction, like, like where he, when he was, like, four or so, he would, like, throw these fits and start kicking the door or whatever. And I was like, if you're going to do that, you need to go in your room and kind of, like, have a, you know, have a timeout. You can still be angry. And then we can talk about it when you're a little bit calmer. But basically, like, that kind of violence is not, like, an appropriate way to publicly express your anger. And, um, but otherwise, like, I've always had this sort of just share emotions. He can vent all he wants and I, I'm going to listen. And then I will respond, you know, um, and show my understanding and empathy or, or whatever. And usually that, like, that will help, you know, because he got to vent, gets out of a system, plus he feels heard, which a lot of times is what's triggering him to be angry is it doesn't feel heard by someone else so you know it's it's uh it's cool because you know i'm like hey i needed that when i was younger i could have used me you know and but yeah, i'm really you, glad that i can that i can be that you know yeah, i've had someone ask me just like how did you learn to raise your kid this way and i'm just like i didn't learn anything like I just, something i knew would be harmful i just wouldn't do that and maybe that's just because yeah. of the harm things did to me but yeah, like I, I always treated, this is, this sounds ridiculous, but it's not a small thing. I have always treated my child as a member of the family, you know, yeah. like even, even when they were a baby before they could talk, I would describe what's going on and I would really convey what's happening. And there would be uh, a spark. They can see what I'm saying. They can sense what I'm saying. They're, 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 not, they're not like picking up the exact words 
or the details, but they can hear my joy or my distress. There was a direct communication. And when they were old enough to talk, I would ask them questions. What do you think? What do you want? Which should I, when should we? And people are like, well, your kid's going to be the worst because they're going to think they're all cool and big and bad. But I mean, really, they're just a, a regular person who has yeah. always been heard and always been respected. And they carry themselves as someone who is worthy of respect. And And those same people that were angry at me are just like, what is your secret? And I'm just like, I I, I guess I, my, my secret was I didn't listen to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, big time. Yeah. I did everything I, wrong according to what's typical. And uh, so apparently that's what you do is just everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do not give me advice about my kid because <laughs> I have no interest in my kid growing up to be like any of you. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I just always treated him like a person. Yeah. You know, even if, even if I was socializing with somebody else and he was in the room, I was always mindful of the fact that he was in the room listening. And sometimes he would like interject in the conversation. Some people are like, oh, your kid shouldn't do that. But I would, I would not do that. I would be like, yeah, you're right. Cause you know, to show that he's being included and always like explain things. I didn't just say just cause, yeah, you know, I would be like, always like this is why and just helped helped him like kind of learn to navigate the world and you know he's very stubborn to do stuff his own way but like um i just try to give him like ideas on how to navigate it's very interesting because as he's gotten older he's gotten more and more like me in terms of like his, his logic and like how he chooses to do things and i'm like cool <laughs> yeah i know and it gives you some confidence that when they're not around they're going to remain a logical person, which you can be an emotional person too because they're not connected, you know? Yeah. So, um, 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 I get can be an emotional person like me and, and just some other stuff, but like also, but also I can count on them to be a person who thinks they're worthy of respect, who can have a, 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 a big capacity to be logical in, in, in different situations. And so like when they leave the house, though, I don't go like, I wonder what will happen. Because I'm like, yeah. whatever it is, they're going to take care. And it just, it feels really great. Yeah. I feel like so glad that I made it to this far in the parenting because like when he was small, it was hard. I never wanted to be a parent. I was trying to get my tubes tied when I got pregnant. So it was like extra hard because I made a lot of sacrifices um, because I'm the kind of person that once I commit to doing something, even if I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. And, um, so I gave up like all my plans and just did this thing that I never really wanted to do. And the parenting part of it, I never enjoyed the parenting part of it. The being around this person, <laughs> this cool little person, I enjoyed that part. I've enjoyed every stage of him, even at the 13 to 14, when he was like being <laughs> like really emo, I even enjoyed him then, like, you know? Um, and he just gets better, like, as far as I'm concerned, every year. There's no, like, nostalgia for me. It's just, you know, but I am so glad to be done with that, the parenting part. Oh, well, it's not, not that jar. I'm not still a parent. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm still a parent, but I get to be a parent in, in a, in a, where I get to be a person <laughs> way where I can just interject when he chooses to come to me and, you know, and just 
yeah. And it's it's nice because I, I really thought I was doing a really shitty job for a long time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and and I was like, well, I wasn't perfect. And I'm sorry about that. We've even had conversations where I've gone back and as I've learned about myself, acknowledged certain things that I wish I could have done better. Um, and, you know, things like I would get really overstimulated when he was yapping at me and wanted to touch me at the same time. And it's I don't do well physical contact anyway. And so sometimes I'd be like, no, no, it's too much. And I'd like kind of like, you know, and um, that he felt very deeply rejected because of that. And as he got older, he started to have the stimulation stuff. So he partially also understood it. But then also we got to have a conversation in which I was like, no, I, I felt awful when I would do that because I didn't want to do that. But I was so overstimulated that I couldn't, you know, I just, I just couldn't function anymore. And I shorted out. So like, you know, so it's like he's able to retroactively understand this experience that he had. Um, that was one thing I that I got to do right was just like to talk to them about that all the way through because I saw that dynamic with my mom and one of my sisters. She needed extra attention, so she would just go and snatch some, you know, and grab her and pull the arm and go, I love you, I love you. And my mom would just flip out. And everyone mm -hmm. thought I was the favorite because she'd come over and give me a hug and say, I love you, unprompted. But the reason I would like, I would steer completely clear on purpose, knowing that asking and taking isn't welcome. So I would just kind of like be on autopilot, doing my own thing, expect nothing. And eventually she would miss that contact and come give me a hug. And so um, I, I, had, I had words for that one. When, uh, when they were small and then so they got to have that good uh, back and forth because they wanted to just cling on you know like like a like a koala mm -hmm. bear and just never let go and I, I'm okay with certain people being in my space but I also I I actually can't live like that <laughs> nothing else I gotta go to the bathroom and take the trash out like you have to not do this all day <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you were talking about how, um, you know, like you've made mistakes and things that, but you've been able to retroactively go back and 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 address those things, and that it feels really good. The parent you've got to be, even though the parenting is like done, like ding 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 ding, you're in charge now, kid. <laughs> I love you yeah. to stay, but it's <laughs> on you now. Feels really good on this side. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just get to, I get to enjoy, you know, take, take enjoyment and what he's doing and, and his joy and, you know, and just kind of be there and not be in control and not, you know, at all. It's all, it's all up to him now. It's his. I said that to their social worker when they turned 18, like, oh, you're so cool. You're 18. What are you going to do? And they're like, I don't know. I'm still sick at the time. We'll see. Because <laughs> they're so old. My kid is like, my kid's in their 80s. They really do just kind of sit around with their glasses chained and they're kneading and they're watching Jeopardy and they're telling me to like mellow out and go to bed. And I'm just like, I do. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I've always called my son an old man. He He's like, his idea of like a super awesome fun night is like hanging out, playing board games at home, like going out and being social and doing all like I could not get him <laughs> as a teenager to do stuff. It was like 
he just didn't want to, and he's so miserable doing it. But I feel and like it's miracle. He does yeah. more. Did you find stuff for him to yeah. do? They'd be like, hey, this thing is happening. You want to go do you do, and you do the thing and see meet some and other young just people. Sit- and you sit there the whole time miserable, like not, you know. So I finally gave up pushing him to do stuff. But, you know, I, he's married and they do things and she's more social. And I'm glad that like, you know, they do. He's got like a friend group. So they do stuff sometimes that I'm glad because I was really worried because he was so isolated. And, you, you know, I was really isolated growing up, but I didn't. I didn't ever figure out how to make friends and I wanted to do stuff. I wanted to go do stuff, even though it wipes me out. I, you know, I wanted to be invited. I wanted to be included. And he doesn't have that same thing in part because he has been included. So he doesn't feel that neglect in the same way, well, you know, which, which is awesome. Been one of the hardest things for me as a parent, right, is to let go of that stuff. Where they're like they're they're doing the opposite of what you need. Like I need lots of socialization, and um, I can stay home, but that means people are coming over here because I need to talk. I need to talk and do this up and be around and have some activities. And they it, they just actually don't. And it's hard yeah. to stop myself from trying to fix things that if I did it would be a problem, because when they do it, it's not a problem. We're and I always tell them, like, don't let the word get out on this, all right? Because this is just a family secret. But we're actually not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's things that are different with my son that I think are a sign that things, like, went well. Like the fact that he likes affection and recognizes that he needs that and that he needs a certain amount of being around people, but not too much and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool because like, I, I didn't, I just, <laughs> I just felt neglect when I was younger. So that was, I was just trying to figure out how to fix that feeling and all the, just being a person with my own needs. I wasn't there yet, you know? Although they're doing leaps and bounds better than I was at that age. Like, like, um, well, this is uh, sounds ridiculous. They have boundaries. And they have friends. Blow on my mind. You didn't <laughs> before 20? How did you do that? <laughs> right? It just, <laughs> you, you did it right. You did a good job. Yeah. I love the, um, the blue. I keep looking at the, the blue. I put these little, like, swirl cheeks with some little stars and moons in there. I don't, I don't know if it'll show up, but. A little, a little bit. stars and moons. <laughs> yeah, it's very sparkly looking. Yeah, oh, it's cool. And then the yellow like reflects on the corner of your eyes, which is really cool. Yeah, I've been experimenting a lot with like fluorescent makeup, and I I, I really like it. It's like spooky, but then everything about me is not spooky. So, like, <laughs> well, I think I like that combination actually because I don't like being scared. Like I don't now that I'm adult yeah. and it's my own place. I don't watch any horror movies, but I watch creepy stuff or horrifying stuff because I like to be disturbed. I just don't like to be upset, and I feel like that's that little little bridge. Like you're scared me on purpose. I hate you. Oh, you made me yeah. question my reality. I like you. Like I said, <laughs> so 
horror films are interesting for me because when I was a teenager, they were my comedy. I thought they oh, were yeah, funny yeah. as hell. Oh yeah. And and even though even though my parents, I would there were ones that scared me a lot because my parents didn't shelter me for movies either. Um, but like after I had my son, I became very sensitive to certain types of like stuff. Like we watched Train Train Spotting, and there's a scene with the dead baby. And I literally was like, take the baby, I'm going to pass out. Yeah. Like, and I had the same sensitivity to anything with a lot of um, shock. So horror movies that don't rely on shock, I'm okay with them because there's a story and it can be disturbing, but it's, it's a lot of times it's still kind of funny. Um, but anything that relies on shock, even though I know it's coming and I'm not actually scared because it's not real, I get so stressed that out by the suspense that my stomach will hurt and my shoulders hurt because I end up all like bunched up and stuff. So I do not, I will not watch movies that rely on suspense it feels to get like you through that. physical tension. And I don't realize that all yeah. my muscles are tense. Like you said, like I won't even be scared, but like all my muscles will tense up and I'll say that way for like two hours. I think when yeah. the movie's over, I feel like I ran a marathon. I'm just like, oh, I yeah, exactly. this for like a week. Like, oh, was so, it too scary? I'm just like, I just, I just, I just, I just, I know, don't, don't stress me out on purpose. Like I, I wanted to lose, all right? But yeah, when I was a teenager, it didn't matter how awful a thing was. And me and one of my sisters, one of my sisters, all this stuff, like she just like not trying to get approval from the family. She just super still into it. And the two of us would sit there and we would tackle for hours, but like movie marathon, a bunch of things and like, uh oh, and the the, the the guy, the things, and the stuffs everywhere. I'm like <laughs> that'll show you. <laughs> yeah, like, or that other thing. Like that one looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, this movie I watched with a clown called "Is Shakes the Clown." I think is what it's called, <laughs> and it's it's a horror horror movie where the clown's like a bad. I think he comes back for the dead or something, and like kills a lot of people. But every time he kills somebody he makes a pun, like a really bad pun. And like, it was so funny. I just, it, it, it doesn't rely on suspense really. So it was like, you know, it was just, I like that, like that one. Um, I don't rewatch movies very often. So, but I was thinking it's been about a decade since I saw it. So it might be time for me to, <laughs> to rewatch it so I can remember the puns. Did you ever play Duchess of Dragons? Do you know how to do that? Um... I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was like 12 to like 15. And I tried playing it a couple of years ago and my intention span was not letting me do it. So I have a general concept of how it works, but the rules have changed in terms of like building out your character and stuff. Oh, I just mean like um, just the boring technical stuff like the dice and the turns and all that. I couldn't get my head around that. I think it's because I can't focus and it just broke me because my person is really into it and and it, and it really made them happy and I was having a blast with the storytelling aspect oh I had pages and pages of, like just just a, like a whole uh, a whole pamphlet of who my character is elements of their backstory stories they always tell jokes they always tell oh that's what I was thinking about that with the puns like um <laughs> I was a tiefling bard and then and it was like the, the, like a subsection of bard that's jester and I'm like Guys, 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 I'm, I'm going to be really disruptive and loud today. And that's me behaving in an appropriate manner because that's all I was supposed to do. And I'm going to do it. And I had like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> and they're like, use vicious mockery at 
the troll, and I was just like, your odor makes wild boars vomit. Like, I was like, <laughs> so into it, and I had my character all ready to go. I made some horns to be it. I had this the wig and just stuff set up and makeup style just for this character, and I'm killing it when it's my turn and I'm doing stuff. But at the beginning of each turn, I was like, um, how do you do a turn? Like, like it was yeah. awful. <laughs> that's the, I think that's the lear the learning part though. And if you have a good DM, they, they guide you until, until you've learned it. But yeah, my, so my son's really into it. He DMs and, you know, I, that was who I tried to play with. And, um, I just, I couldn't stay focused when it was other people's turns like at all you know it was like they were taking too long to decide what to do there wasn't enough story to stay like because they were like metagaming and it just kind of like that was a fun part about yeah. being a jester is when i got bored i would just be disruptive <laughs> like what are you doing like, like, <laughs> like sorry I'm and i'm not very good at acting i'm very into character <laughs> like like, I think we would be the opposite in the sense of, like, I would be good at the technical part, but not the, like, the acting part. That's, like, I think my weak, my weak spot is I'm not, because it's, I don't know, just, even when my son was little and we would, like, play, I couldn't play in, in make-believe ways very well. It's just real hard for me. Just talking about, like, I, I, <laughs> I would give all my kids toys, like, um, different personalities and stuff and they would all talk and I just love that like I, I come from a storytelling back you know and my great-grandfather he didn't die until well he didn't die until 2009 so like uh, he's just just a hair away from 100 and that's kind of normal in the family so I think storytelling was a way of life before television and so they just developed that and so everybody I knew that was born at the turn of the century just had that gift and I got to witness it so many times that like just makes my brain alive in a way that like nothing else gets to do. And so we're having plate time. Yeah. I am like just way overdoing it. And they had this cabbage patch doll and we just called it the baby. And it would just be like, hey baby, what do you need? And like that was my cue that we're playing now. And now on one point, it's just like the craziest stuff. They have all these paranoid thoughts coming out of the baby and just these weird notions. And I used to have a Facebook account where I would put like that stuff the baby said and people really didn't like it. Um, it didn't <laughs> occur to me till recently that I didn't even take a picture of the Cabbage Trash doll. And maybe they thought I was just being mean about babies in general. So that's probably why that didn't work out. Anyway, but like one of my favorite <laughs> interactions with the baby was just like, they're like, what do you need? I'm like, I need a Blu-ray player. And they're like, baby, why do you need a Blu-ray player? I was like, I gotta put diapers in there. And I'm like, why would you put diapers in the Blu-ray player? I'm like, I gotta hide them. Like, baby, the mama will take care of your diapers. There's just like, oh, mama doesn't even know how many diapers I use, okay? It's like a thing. And then it's like, well, but we gotta hide them in the Blu-ray player? That's very wasteful, baby. And I was just like, well, babies are wasteful. I'm gonna waste time. I'm gonna waste money. I'm gonna waste my plot at the cemetery. And I was like, baby, how can you waste your plot at the cemetery? And I'm like, look, I got, I got so many diapers I got to unload. You don't, you don't even know. And I was like, <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, I could see how people on Facebook might like not be able yeah, to cool. really get their brain around it. Just pulling yeah. quotes for this real life conversation. What I end up doing is just pulling quotes from my regular conversations. That went over much better for some reason. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I, uh, before I got rid of my Facebook, I kind of like wrote a lot of them down because I was going to miss them because, you know, I'm just very random in my speech patterns. And sometimes I'll just say the craziest stuff and they'll be like, is that one something that would sound really crazy out of context? And I'll just put it out of context. And I wasn't posting about my life or um, any pictures on my clown stuff. It was exclusively just like comments taken out of context. It was delightful. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I care very like, oh, it's like, why do you try to fight babies? Or just like a, a stop pushing buttons refrigerator. Or just like, I, I oh, oh yeah. Um, did I stay out too late? Or is lifty or is picking up chickens really difficult? Like, I, I don't know. That one didn't sound as silly, but people really like that one for some reason. I'm like, hey. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So like the weird random shit that comes out of our mouths when we're not thinking about it. I can't, I can never remember that stuff. Like people say I'm funny, but I can't ever remember the jokes I made like yeah. after the fact. Yeah. So I can't come back to them. And um, I was going to say something. I totally brain farted. Oh, oh no, prank fart. Yeah, at this point, I actually start making notes. When I laugh extra hard, I'll like write that down. So I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. This is never going to work. I'm never going to do it, I'm sure. But like, it's been a lifelong dream. And I'm sure that's because of being a kid in the 80s, right? You see that brick wall every other day. Like, all I want to do with my life is be a stand-up comedian. And I could never do that. I could physically never do that. But I hope I can at least go to one open mic night in my lifetime. And just pull out a bunch of weird hospital stories and um, I'm a weird mom jokes and just uh, just go, oh, I like to yeah. make your mom jokes at my own kid. Uh, they had a hard time getting used <laughs> to that, but they're used to it now. But like the other day, they're cleaning out the fridge and they're like, this is wet and disgusting and I'm throwing it away. I'm like, don't talk about your mom like that. Like I just... <laughs> <laughs> I went outside and there's this lady out there and she was obnoxious and awful and I wish she would just go away. And I'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> like your mom's obnoxious and I wish she would go away. No, it just always, just always. But I, I dearly love those because <laughs> it's just like, what are you going to do? And you're going to get mad. That's me. That's for me to say, whatever. Amen. I have a friend that we do something kind of similar, but instead of it being like your mom, we just say you. So like, <laughs> if I say something like, I don't know, like about an orchid or something, he'll just be like, you're an orchid. And it doesn't make any sense, but it's just gotten funnier over the years because it doesn't make any sense. And we just do it to each other all the time. Oh, I love a good running it's, gag. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. So... I, my podcast episodes, I name them when I, because I go back and re-listen to them to make notes about what I talked about because I don't remember after I record. Um, there's always at some point something I said incorrectly, like I'll do a saying and I'll use the wrong words or whatever. So I take that and I make that into um, the title for the podcast. Neat. So that's why it, if you look at them, they're all like, but it's something you can listen for when you're listening to the podcast. It'd be like to see like when I actually said that thing, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of just 
it's like I think most now now that I've said it and people if anybody like listens to this you know they will be like oh okay but you know most people wouldn't I don't think they would guess it yeah I know I like to be I like to be confusing intentionally it just just brings more joy to my life for some reason <laughs> I am going to I was thinking um I was going to stop recording in a second. Like, I'll do, like, a blurb, and then we can, if you want, we can keep talking. Okay. Um, so, um, I don't know the sign out. I don't know. I need to sign out. I don't know. Thanks, you guys, for listening. I'm going to go keep talking. And Your mom's the moral and... of the story. Was there a <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.